0: The Theonauts, episode 183.
1: The one where I spray Lysol directly into David's face.
0: The Theonauts <laughs> podcast.
1: Christian news from around the globe.
0: In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. It is the glory of God to conceal a thing. But the honor of kings is to search out a matter. Explore the vast reaches of
1: God's word.
0: Hey all you Theo sons of Korah out there. Wait a man, never mind. I'm David Gaddy.
1: I'm Jeremiah Orr.
0: <laughs> Together we are the, the, the Theonauts! Theonauts!
1: They can't be a son of Korra because the Earth had already swallowed yeah, them up, right?
0: But yeah, I just sounded appropriate in I, this,
1: I, in this uh, light of this crazy,
0: study. yeah, book that we're going to be looking at.
1: <laughs> crazy is a good word yeah. for this book. How's it going? Um, great, man. It's it's my birthday today. Happy
0: birthday to <laughs> you. Thanks.
1: <Don't, laughs> you can stop dressing like Marilyn Monroe <laughs> and trying to sing Mr. President to me. But uh, yeah, yeah, so it's going good except for this stupid coronavirus crap. Yes. Got my concert canceled last night. Yeah, I'm my su-
0: concert next week canceled. And super bummed. You people, super bummed. cover your face.
1: Seriously, come on now.
0: Yeah, we're even in serious talks about how we're going to handle our uh, social dis—what uh, is it? Distancing, social distancing in our church. Yeah. So, um but anyway, Jeremiah is actually in in the studio, studio.
1: in the Theonot studio, aka David's upstairs. Eagle's Roost of the Bird's Nest Yes How you been, man? You been good?
0: Doing okay yeah, yeah, I
1: see not much has changed in Savoy land No? No
0: You just drive around and notice all the unchangedness that's happened since yeah, you left
1: Yeah, it's kind of the same It's it's really nice, I can come back home and it's just all, you know, it's, it's back all the same old Savoy Yeah Same old church, everything's moving the same yeah. <laughs>
0: so despite the uh the drama going on in the world right now, it uh it's been a pretty good weekend. I mean, we did right. get to spend some time playing games last night and had fun with that.
1: <laughs> yeah. it's very interesting. This is a game called uh what's what you meme or something. I know what you mean. I know what you mean is my yes. favorite. Oh my goodness. You got to play that a lot more. It's hilarious. It's Like apples to apples but with memes. Yeah. So I'm It's I'm, like
0: apples to apples kind of Created something like when they came up with that gameplay model, yeah. It's like it has spawned so many games. Oh, yeah, that are basically the same gameplay, right? It's just different, yeah, things. It's but pretty clever, yeah. I like it. <laughs> so, uh, well,
1: hey, we're on a roll. Like, this is our third week in a row that we've actually been uh, faithful Back. to put out a yep. Theonaut, so I think we're doing pretty Back good. On track, someone... I don't want to jinx it, but I and, think we're doing pretty good yeah
0: yeah it's been going been going good so far so yeah. um you know i think part of it is it seems like whenever we would think really hard about it and try really hard that's whenever we weren't able to ever get together right and this kind of this time it's just kind of been like hey you want to do this sure
1: <laughs> <laughs> well and i think things have slowed down for me quite a bit at, uh In OKC, from where I was when I first started, you know, you have to get that, get that ball rolling and starting a ministry is always kind of hectic. And so my days were filled, but, uh, now that it's now that steady going, things are a lot easier for me. So, yeah, that's great. Yeah. And, uh, uh, And then you working from home most days helps out too, I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I've been doing that a lot and, uh, Which has been very helpful, and actually very timely in this whole age of social distancing. Yeah. Um, Yeah, working here by myself Mm -hmm. in this big coffee shop that doesn't run anymore, that has no business. So (laughs) In the abandoned coffee shop. So I just kind of... uh,
1: I missed the, the coffee shop.
0: Do my thing. Yeah, same. But anyway, so... Today, we want to talk about one of the most neglected books of the New Testament. You ready to dive into it?
1: Bring it on, man. So, Jude. Jude. Hey, Jude. Don't Don't make it bad.
0: Yeah, Don't look so sad.
1: Don't make it bad. Isn't it? Is it don't look so sad?
0: I, I think it's, it might be that in two different verses.
1: Pregnant women, sick of swimming, ready to.
0: <laughs> oh, it's, uh, it's the Mandela. It's the, the Mandela yeah, effect. The
1: Mandela effect. You know, all these you know lyrics that we think we know and yeah. aren't there, right? So,
0: uh, okay, before we get into Jude, since we're talking about weird stuff, right? We'll it's just weird. Stuff. So, um, I've been talking a lot with people about the Mandela effect. So if you're not familiar with the Mandela Effect, go look it up on the internet. It's kind of funny. It's um, it's this when there's a mass delusion of some sort. So like everyone remembers that um, you know Humphrey Bogart said, "Play it again, play it again,
1: Sam." When he
0: never said that. The phrase is not in Casablanca, but everybody seems to remember it that way. Or Dracula saying. I want to suck your blood. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. blah which is not in any <laughs> canon of Dracula. Like right. You won't find it in the Bela Lugosi 1930 film. No I mean,
1: Nosferatu. Yeah. yeah.
0: I mean, yeah. You won't find that anywhere. But somehow it got into our culture. Right. And people will swear up and down. They saw it when they were a kid and it was said then. Right. And uh, anyway, there's all kinds of conspiracy theories around this Mandela effect too, which is... I'm not even going to go there, but it has to do with the super collider and CERN and sure. all this other stuff. So anyway, if you're ever in a mood for, um, you know, going off the deep end. Are you
1: talking like alternate realities? Yes.
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so yeah. you're telling me that there might've been a reality where Simbad did play a genie, a genie in a movie in the nineties. Shazam, Shazam, which actually there was no movie called that. No, there is a well, movie called there's Shazam. A,
0: there's a movie called Shazam now, but there wasn't.
1: No, there was in the '90s too.
0: N- n- no, that movie was called
1: Shaquille O'Neal.
0: Yeah, it was called. Um, oh, what was it called? It's like one syllable. Um, oh man, I can't remember. Look it up whenever we get done here. It's not. No Sh- way. It's not Shazam.
1: I'm, I'm looking it up right now. <laughs> You keep talking. I'm going to check this out. This is not right. Uh, See,
0: we're we're, we're exemplifying yeah. the Mandela effect.
1: <laughs> Shazam the movie.
0: See, okay, so the word even comes from the the fact that a lot of people believed that Nelson Mandela died in prison at a certain point in his life, but he didn't. And so that's where the, the term has come from. Well,
1: yeah, there's the 2000. Oh, my gosh. What is this movie that Shaq plays in? Check movie, Kazam,
0: Kazam. That's what.
1: Kazam. <laughs> but see, I knew it was close. Okay, yeah.
0: so but anyway, Kazam. Uh, so much for the for the Mandela effect. That was free. <laughs> that was.
1: We're supposed to be talking about the Bible. <laughs> well, we are the we, Theonauts. We after, are
0: talking uh, about yeah, Jude. Yeah, which is full. I don't even, and to be honest. One of the reasons why I want to study this isn't really necessarily for its. Uh, Message, but for the obscurity of his references and um, and just some of the weirdness that's in here,
1: like well, Jude is an obscure person to begin with to yes. write a write a. So I told David so before the, this who's
0: the author of this book, Jeremiah. I, well,
1: and that's that's one of the reasons I told you before this that <laughs> I so I have a hard time out of all the books of the Bible. Yeah. I have a hard time with this one being in the Canon, mhm because it's so obscure in a lot of like its background as well as like when it was written, and the fact that I mean it's almost verbatim at some point, Second Peter,
0: yeah, it's very close to second Peter,
1: yeah, like especially the you know the waterless well stuff right, or the winds
0: mm-hmm. well, and even some of the of the creepy, weird references,
1: right, so for me. So, okay, so Jude, Judas, Mm -hmm. um, was the youngest brother of Jesus, brother of James, and that's how he... He addresses himself. He addresses himself as the brother of James. Um, Does he address himself as the brother of Jesus? I don't think he does.
0: Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ, the brother of James. The
1: brother of James, that's right. So...
0: He doesn't claim...
1: Right, his but,
0: blood relation to.
1: But the thing about Jude is, uh, extra biblical accounts or any other, uh, we know who James was. We know that James was the leader of the church uh, after Jesus in Jerusalem for quite a while. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of historical like background of James, um, and so James is 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 an obvious one. Jude, we don't have anything mm-hmm. really. Yeah, like it's it's really obscure. And so that's why I argue, well, maybe it was somebody writing under the guise of Jude. Mhm. And this is just my own, you know, my own take. I you know, some some biblical scholar can come and correct me on this, but
0: well there has been this out of all the New Testament books, this is the most contested. Right. As far as can- canonicity. Yeah. yeah, I mean it it, well, it 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 earned its canonicity late in life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um so it makes that makes sense. Um, yeah.
1: The not not that it necessarily disagree, disagrees with any.
0: Oh, it doesn't disagree with any real theology uh, or doctrine right. that we would hold to. Right, but it does. But it is. I find it intriguing. It's very intriguing because so weird. Mainly because of how can how much candor he. It's the shortest book in the New Testament. Right. It, he. Uh, he, he comes right out And he's straight to the point Yeah But he uses weird references To make the points Yeah um, And it's, he's like unapologetic About it Right, and it actually has one of the most beautiful passages in the New Testament at the end. I love the doxology, doxology at the
1: end; is incredible, and, and I think personally that's the reason they included it in, <laughs> in the canon was for the doxology. That's my own, because yeah. everything else is like Second Peter covers it, dude. Like,
0: yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. So the so. the uh, so Jude and James both, um, you know, traditionally. We're not believers until after the death of Christ. Right. Uh, and we get some allusions to that. They're mentioned in Matthew 13, verse 55, and they're mentioned in Mark 6, verse 3. Uh, but John 7, verse 5 says, for not even his brothers believed in him. Right. So, um, and of course, this is making reference to um, his his blood family, um, and which makes sense. I mean... Have we ever if you dis- if you older brother, you know, started claiming to be the son of God all of a sudden, right? You might have a hard time with it. Yeah, 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 so. most definitely. <laughs> have we ever discussed
1: how in the world Catholics came up with the idea that the, that Mary was a professional virgin, when we have so much obvious uh, proof?
0: Well. I don't think we've actually talked about that.
1: That's an interesting side mm-hmm. thing. Not, I mean, not. In the, we got to get to study of Jude, but <laughs> Jude, but that is something that blows me away. I mean, because over and over again, it shows in, in scripture yeah. that Jesus had brothers, right? Like, so in fact, two of them, their books of their yeah, Bible. they actually wrote. <laughs> By uh, books Bu- that books we include the in the New Testament, right? So um, that's interesting to me. I just don't get that.
0: So you've got uh, here's one thing that that to me lends itself a little bit to the validity of uh, okay. So if it's not the writing of G- Judas, the the brother of of Jesus, then it's what we would call pseudopigrapha, right? Okay, so pseudopigrapha is a fancy word. We've used it on the show before. It means uh, a collection of books that were proposed pr- uh, proposed to be written by ascribed one to by one person, person, but it was really written in many cases after the death of that person right. and ascribed to them simply for validity, right? So to to give it some validity. Uh, this this is, includes the, the Gospel of Thomas, the Gospel of Mary, the, sure, uh, all these these uh, Gnostic uh, gospels, and uh, <clears throat> so. Judas is, is, it could be pseudepigrapha. But so one of the things that uh, that to me goes against the idea of it being pseudepigrapha is if you were going to write pseudepigrapha, if you were going to write a book and ascribe it to J- Judas, the brother of Jesus, right. would you not have just declared, I'm the brother of Jesus, listen to me?
1: Hmm. Instead,
0: what you get is you get Jude avoiding that like he says like as we just read in verse 1 Jude a servant of Jesus Christ a brother of James, James yeah so he mentions his brotherhood to James but he doesn't Not mention Jesus. his brotherhood to Jesus That's true and he calls himself a servant hmm. of Jesus Christ which is the word underneath there is a, is the bondservant word um slave so yeah so he's considering himself you know this 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 slave and so Clement of Alexandria actually asserts that this was the first use, um, uh, this first usage here, uh, as the reason why Jude, uh, the brother James, didn't call himself the brother of the Lord mm. because of his humility and because of maybe even some level of um, not feeling worthy.
1: Right. And that might be why you don't see a lot of uh, extra biblical account of Jude. At all, mm-hmm. or why? I mean, he's kind of like laying in the shadows
0: because, again, putting ourselves into James and, and Jude's shoes, right? How would you feel oh, yeah. knowing that you had to wait till your brother died to actually Gosh. believe that he was the son of God, the Messiah that everyone had been waiting on forever? I mean, they may have been uncomfortable with being having an exalted title, right? Like brother of the Lord, yeah, you know. so... Uh, Which is how they're designated in many other by the other authors: Matthew thirteen fifty five, John seven, Acts one, First Corinthians nine. When these guys are mentioned, they're given the title, this exalted title, "Brother of the Lord." But he he himself, when he writes, doesn't do that. Yeah. And so, to me, that lends credibility uh, to it personally. But I don't know. So it's interesting. Um, I mean, the whole book's <laughs>
1: interesting. We're... Yeah, so,
0: oh. and we, and we probably won't read it all the way through. Uh, it's only 24, 25 verses, but um, it says um, he's writing to uh, those who are called beloved in God, the Father, and kept for Jesus Christ. May mercy, peace, and love be multiplied into you. Mm. I love the way some little phrases just get tossed in there. So he says... Kept. I love that. Like think about that for a minute. To those who are called, beloved in God and Father and kept Mm -hmm. for Jesus. There is a sense of assurance in this statement. Mm -hmm. He's basically saying that if you're if you're called, you're protected, you're
1: You're preserved.
0: Yeah. And and um um and of course he says, May mercy, peace, and love like in other words. Assurance, yeah, you know, in a way like that's, you don't have peace if you're not in assurance. Mm-hmm. And uh so to me, this is a very good disclaimer because the, the bulk of this book is about apostasy and about false teachers. And I know the book has been used many times to point fingers at people, especially Christians that say things that we disagree with. Mm-hmm. I, I've seen it be used as false teacher, you know, and you throw it. Right. If if you ever feel compelled to point a finger at some Christian and call them a false teacher, tread lightly. Like just because you disagree with somebody doesn't make them a false teacher. Right. Um, because we're going to see here in a minute the at, the attributes. Right. Of what they considered
1: a false a teacher. false
0: teacher. That's right. And so, false also doesn't mean wrong. Wrong, yeah. Don't get that confused. The word false doesn't mean wrong. The word false means fake. Yep. You're you're doing something intentionally hypocrite. To yeah, yes, yeah, like an intentional hip- hypocrisy. It's right. not even like a, uh, you know. Right. I, I'd love to be this. Oh, I didn't even realize I was that. But <laughs> no, it's it's we're talking about. Um, there is an intentional. Like that's that whole sheep among wolves concept. Yeah, that the sh- the wolf is, uh, I'm sorry, the wolf among sheep. the The w- wolf has a purpose, and it is an evil one. Yeah, he's not there by mistake. He's right. not. He's not like, oh, I thought I was a sheep. You mean I'm a wolf? No, <laughs> that's not the. That's not a false teacher. Right. So, um, so some disclaimers on that. Wow. So he says, uh, let's look at the first few verses here in verse. Three? Yeah, let's read three through like five. Okay.
1: Dear friends, although I was eager to write you about the salvation we share, I found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith that uh, that was delivered to the saints once for all. For some people who were designated for this judgment long ago has come in by stealth. They are ungodly turning the grace of our lord uh, of our god into sensuality and denying jesus christ our only master and lord now i want to remind you although you came to know all these things once and for all that jesus saved a people out of egypt and later destroyed those who did not believe
0: okay so he's he's kind of giving an enigmatic version of the gospel there a little bit but
1: it's, it's 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 weird. In some ways, it's just like really odd to me, but keep going.
0: So he's starting this uh, letter by giving us the reason for it. And he's like, for, first off, he's like, I'm eager to write you about our common salvation. So he's talking about uh, even though I believe that we're assured, mm-hmm. like he's still given some reassurance here. He says, I found it necessary to appeal to you to contend for the faith so he's talking about contending for faith itself and and what we believe jesus who he is what he did um and in, and i love the way your translation uh takes that uh, uh perfect tense that pluperfect perfect tense mm-hmm. and makes it into words that once and for all thing like that's yeah that's a it's it's taking and extrapolating the word yep. into the verb form that's why
1: csb is so good man <laughs> so that you
0: can understand uh
1: what that means yeah
0: that it is that that it's that,
1: a once for all
0: right that the verb is plu perfect right and um completed yes and uh so but that's that's a that's an assurance sure and this sort of thing but then he talks about these people coming in unnoticed
1: but verse four mm-hmm Designed for this judgment long ago. What do you do there?
0: <laughs> it's intriguing, isn't it? <laughs> um, there is all there are all kinds of examples of God using the ungodly mm-hmm. for His purposes, and yeah. it, we've been stepping through uh, the books of Kings in our weekly studies yeah. the way and. Um, it's amazing to see how many times he does this. Like, he will bring uh, the Edomites against the Israelites, or the Ammonites against the Israelites. Oh, yeah. And even Habakkuk, when we were studying Habakkuk, what was it that Habakkuk said? Why are you letting your enemies overrun us? Right. And his point was... Yeah. Um, be patient. Yeah. Like, Like, you have to uh, live by faith. hmm um, and not by sight, because it looks crappy, but it's, uh, there's a purpose in it to bring back the faithful, right. to secure the faithful, mm. and he's using the ungodly as a tool to do it. It doesn't mean he's on the ungodly side, it doesn't nope. mean he's giving them everything that they want, he is allowing them to do certain things in order to bring about a stronger faith. Wow. And I think that's what kinda what we see here is uh him saying this is how this is how God is um is operating. Yeah and we could read that designated for condemnation and do all kinds of things with it <laughs> and try and put ourselves in the mind of God. Yeah. But uh I think that we should just kind of understand it for how it's being delivered to us and that is that this is the purpose of these ungodly people
1: so these ungodly people are doing two things really Mm -hmm. well actually one thing they're turning (laughs) the grace of God into sensuality and therefore denying Jesus Christ as the master and lord Mm -hmm. right? yes which is like a big big deal (laughs) yeah so they're 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 using the grace as a cause to sin, which is what Paul talks about in Romans mm-hmm. over and over again. Uh, should we, you know, continue to sin that grace may abound? Heck, no! Right, right, right.
0: And that's that's a great point that's part of what they're doing. I think that it even goes further than that. I think sure. what they're doing is because a lot of the problems that they were struggling with at this time was paganism drifting into right. Christianity, especially Gnosticism. Yeah, And uh, and so I, uh, part of what's happening in here is sensationalizing things and being fascinated with the sensational side of things. Sure. So yes, sexuality is used a lot in here, but remember during the pagan times, this isn't just talking about, you know, you can't really correlate this like, uh, you know, to to our modern day pornography issues or, or something like that, because the way that the sensuality was being used back then, it was being used in temple worship. It in was, a
1: form of worship, yeah.
0: Right, it was being used uh,
1: to... And, what, and people were bringing this into the church or trying to bring this idea of pagan sensual worship into the church. It's a
0: big issue in Ephesus, like in the whole Ephesus area, because you had the temple of Diana there Mm -hmm. and this whole worship of Diana was, was done through a a temple prostitution. Right. And it was just, it was just a huge thing. Yeah. And so um, these people here have, they know what they're doing. I want to keep that in your mind. Yeah. These people know what they're doing. They're not trying to serve God and getting a greasy grace type of thing. They these people are bringing in things they know are contrary to, to the teachings of Jesus, right? Because they want to pervert it into that's their their cause. Yeah, their goals
1: are perverted into their own. Yeah, form.
0: And that's why it says, "And they deny our only our only Master and Lord, mm-hmm. yeah. Jesus Christ." Um, so it, uh, it uses uh, the terms that, like, uh, that sneaking in is like cunning schemes. Uh, they're manipulating people. Um, these aren't honest Christians who simply have different views on things. Right. These are nefarious mm-hmm. individuals. Um, so verse 5, he says, So I want to remind you, although you fully knew it, <clears throat> that Jesus, who saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed all those who didn't believe. So now he starts in going into this uh, process of going into the Old Testament.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's it's very, this is where I say it's kind of odd. It's very interesting that he mentions Jesus as mm, yes, the person good. that saved people out of Egypt right? Um, and later destroyed those who did not believe. My thing is, Jesus wasn't even around then. Well, he at was. Least,
0: yeah, at least not bodily. Right. Um, this is a really cool thing yeah. because the word that is used, it depends on the manuscript too, mm-hmm. by the way. Oh really? The, yeah. There's some manuscript differences here, but um, that word uh, Lord
1: mm-hmm. that is
0: used, um, it's the one that the new Testament authors regularly relate to Jesus. Um, but it also is the one that is, is commonly used in their tongue for Yahweh. And um, and occasionally it occurs uh, as an amb- 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 um, ambiguity, ambiguity. Ambiguity, but yes, thank you. Uh, between, <laughs> sorry, my sorry, tongue go ahead. is not working. Ambiguity. Am- ambiguity. Am- I ambiguity. am in Texas. <laughs> and, ambiguity. Okay, and dude. so uh, th- this was like <laughs> an ambiguity that was was uh, that happens actually several times in the New Testament uh, when dealing with the persons of the Trinity. Right. So you've got like uh, sometimes this, this uh, confusing things that which to me gives validity to the teaching of the to the
1: Trinity. Trinity. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a big deal.
0: Um, it's caused there's all kinds of uh, uh, different variations right. in the Greek text. Um, some of them actually use the word God after the word Master mm-hmm. there in in verse four. Um, the but the term refers to the Father in the New Testament uh, many times, uh, but in, fir- in second Peter one, verse one, it refers to Christ. Same word. Right. So, uh, so this ambiguity also affects verse, uh, is there in verse five. So there's this wide variety of, of Greek manuscripts in here. One of them will say God, Christ. One of them says, Lord, one of them says, Jesus, one of them says the Lord, one of them says the God in the Vulgate. um, And the best solution is that the word Lord is referring to Yahweh's activity in the Exodus, although some theologians believe that the angel of the Lord who led Israel could have been the pre-incarnate Jesus uh, Christ. Which
1: I I agree with. That's a, yeah, theophany. Or theophany, yeah, Yeah. that's right.
0: And and so, uh, yeah, he was like uh, the voice of the burning bush. Right. I mean, and this is not like some new revolutionary thing. This is something that the Jews... that the Jesus the the Christians right believed about
1: uh, Sure. About well his, that's why Jude would have put it right there, yes. isn't it?
0: <laughs> and, and so yeah, and so I, I I dig this. I I really like the fact that there is this um uh, this ambiguity here in sure. in who is who he's referring to. Mm. Um but anyway, so then let's look at uh
1: so and later destroyed those who did not believe. Is that I I guess that would be everybody that fell in the you know, struggled temptation or mm-hmm. or denied Moses' leadership. Like the sons of Korah.
0: Right. Be right. a good
1: that rebellion mm-hmm. there. Okay.
0: And um yeah, so go ahead and pick up let's 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 hit uh like uh six and seven.
1: Okay. And the angels who did not keep their own position but abandoned their proper dwelling He is kept in eternal chains in dark darkness, or in deep darkness, for the judgment on the great day. Likewise, Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding towns committed sexual immorality and perversions and serve as an example by undergoing the punishment of eternal fire.
0: Yeah, so, um, oh man, (laughs) so much going on in here. So. He's in his metaphor. He's he's mm-hmm. talked about people who didn't believe uh, during the Exodus. He talks about and, angels.
1: And by the way, this is very uh, Judas, very poetic, very m- metaphoric. Like later, especially you get into the later verses, you have like real poetic language. But go ahead, sorry. Yeah.
0: So he's he is definitely like deep diving into Jewish history, straight not up, not just. Not just uh, Torah, not just Mm -hmm. um, the the Tanakh, not just you know the 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 religious books, but also the historical, the myths to us,
1: lore, the more obscure history of the of the Jewish people. Yes, and uh, which is very interesting that this again this is in canon to me Mm -hmm. because he does this right, Um, and he's expecting his audience to really know
0: what he's talking about.
1: What he's talking about, Mm -hmm. which today. Okay,
0: so once again, the whole the whole question of canon. Also, if if the if this is weird uh, because he makes references to fallen angels, mm-hmm. and later on he'll make uh, more references in in that line. Mm-hmm. Um, so he if if is if his doing this is a reason for it not to be in canon. Well, then we have to start questioning Peter because Peter makes reference to the exact same event. So, um. In verse six, he talks about these angels who did not stay with their their own position of authority, but they left their proper dwelling, and he's kept them into eternal chains under gloomy darkness until the day great uh, the judgment of the great day. Mm-hmm. So, um, who's he talking about? Like, like what in the world is he talking about? Um, well, we find more information in the New Testament in reference to this. Um, we see in Second Peter uh, chapter two. Verse 4, it says, For if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell, the word hell there being uh, the Greek word tartarus, and committed them to chains of gloomy darkness to be kept until judgment. It's almost the same wording. Yeah. Like almost exactly the same wording. Uh, <coughs> and that word uh, tartarus uh, is a it is a Jewish uh, concept that we could probably uh, <coughs> that we could probably uh, better understand as the bottomless pit. So this was uh, if we go into some extra biblical writings, we can read in uh, the first book of, of Enoch, which is a uh, and we've talked about the book of Enoch on the show before, but um, the, it talks about angels falling from heaven. And coming down to earth, right? Because they liked the women, yeah, and and, um, and bred with them, and created these giant offsprings. That um, Genesis six tells this story a little bit um, in some veil references, but it's expanded upon in this book of Enoch. Um, that they came down, they. They mated with um with uh women and the offspring of this were these Nephilim giants, uh as the Genesis six refers to them as the right, giants in giants. the land. And uh and so anyway, the story in the book of Enoch progresses that uh Enoch actually sat in uh a courtroom of sorts, a heavenly courtroom, and uh and helped condemn these angels to their punishment. Right. Uh, archangels came down and bound them yeah. and carried them to the bottomless pit. So that all that sounds very far fetched, right? <laughs> yeah, some. But Peter but, and Jude reference it like it's historical.
1: Historical, yeah.
0: And they're like, uh, "This is what we're talking about." Right. I mean, this. The people of the day would have known exactly, yeah, what this story was about. Yeah, they wouldn't have gone, oh, those weirdos, right? Uh, like we might do, or y'all might be doing right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, well, it, but not only, I mean, it gets, it just gives a bigger account of the Genesis six story of right. of the Nephilim, like this whole thing. And so, I think that I think that Enoch is a very good, you know as close to canon as we can get as far as extra-biblical works. Mm-hmm. So I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But. Well,
0: and we'll see here in a minute, Jude actually quotes it word for word. Right. <laughs> so, um, but but anyway, um, these, these angels were given names and all this sort of thing. I and mean, you'll find some references to them in the Old Testament. You'll find uh, sometimes whenever it names gods in the Old Testament, these gods' names were actually attributed to fallen angels. And so these fallen angels had taken on the role of a God. And so they were,
1: they were getting worship for themselves. So
0: they were getting, they were getting worshiped by, uh, Mm -hmm. by the Canaanites and and others as well. And so uh, you have old Testament examples include Lilith, who's mentioned in Isaiah 34, and 14, Azazel, which is mentioned in Leviticus 16, uh, goat demons of Leviticus 17, like um, all these are uh, given to us very small, brief moments in the Old Testament, and mm-hmm. we don't we don't get a lot of background or details. But some of the extra biblical works like give us some fleshing out of uh, what that was all about. Um, so there's also um, this whole reference of. Being held in chains of darkness, um, all of that comes from uh, the book of, of Enoch. The rabbis actually, they divided Sheol, the concept of Sheol, which is translated hell in the Old Testament. They divided it into two parts. They divided it into a paradise <coughs> for the righteous and Tartarus for the wicked. Oh, yeah. And so we see Jesus making reference to this. Yeah. Jesus, And was it Luke... I want to say sixteen off the top of my head. He gives some people call it a parable, some people, but he actually names people's names, right. which is an unusual parable if if it is a parable. And so, it it, who knows if it's Jesus giving a real example of what an afterlife was like for them, right? Or is he, or is is he just using their vernacular to teach them <coughs> a sermon, which would. I mean, you did have the Mars Hill event with Paul, it's kind right? Of
1: it's very similar, and i i don't I don't think that I don't think it's an accurate account of the afterlife. I think I think he's do, he's using it as a yeah, but that's just me. I so, don't know. You so know, this nobody knows for sure. But.
0: His listeners believed anyway, right? That's what that's that's the important thing. He's trying right. to make a point to the listeners using something they believed in and something right. that they had had kind of understood, and so. Uh, that whole idea, there's a great gulf fixed between us, and you know, can Lazarus stick his, stick his finger mm-hmm. in some water and put it on my tongue? And that whole story about the uh, about the time in hell there, right? Um, it all has its roots in this stuff, right? Like, and so, when we see Jude using this uh being held in chains of gloomy darkness until the great day of judgment, that's all in reference to their lore and their understanding. Sure. And under their Jewish. Well, in Revelations,
1: knowledge. doesn't it talk about them being brought up and being judged and then thrown into the bottomless pit yeah, again or death like and that. Hades and yeah, all of the Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, I, I take that as, I, I don't know. I really think there are, you know, I think that hell was, I think based off of this and other works that hell wasn't, hell wasn't created for humans. Mm-hmm. I think hell was created for fallen angels. Yeah. And the sucky thing is, is that they're going to take as many humans along with them as they can. And that's pretty
0: much what the Bible makes reference to. Right. The fire that is prepared for, for the devil the, and his angels. Exactly. You know, And so... Um, and then, of course, then he goes into J- Sodom and Gomorrah. Right. And so a lot of the Sodom and Gomorrah stuff that happened is also creepy and weird, mm-hmm. and, and y- you may not uh, fully get it. But there's a common thread that in these things that he's talking about, and it all has to do with sensuality, and it has to do with uh, rebellion. Um, and so, um, so he's using this as an idea of... Okay, this apostasy that's going on, whatever is being introduced into the early church that is prompting him to write this is reminding him of uh this uh bringing sexuality into the worship practice. Um and um a rebellion against God. This, so that's what kind of what we're getting so far. There is th- that's the main um Uh, Things that are happening. Mm -hmm. So um, let's look at verse uh, 8 and 9. Okay. In the
1: same way these people, relying on their dreams, defiled their flesh, reject authority, and slander glorious ones. Yet when Michael, the archangel, was disputing with the devil in an argument about Moses' body, he did not dare utter a slanderous condemnation against him, but said... The Lord rebuke you. Okay. Now <laughs> something going back up to that Sodom and Gomorrah thing sure. fits with the angels too, by the yes. way. I think the angels well, we had the account in Genesis six of how the angels came down the Nephilim or and basically taught the humans perversions.
0: Yes. Right? Yes. In the book of Enoch, they taught them <clears throat> um. All kinds of things yeah
1: and i I think that what was going on at Sodom and Gomorrah was an offshoot of that, mm-hmm. even after the flood. People were reveling in the perversions of old, and I think that these 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 people were it was again it was a it was a trickery and a perversion of of yeah. of, of demons pretending and, to be gods,
0: and I think a lot of people get hung up on the sexuality, yeah, like they view it like well Sodom and Gomorrah was a sexually perverse, and so God destroyed it. Well, if that's the case, he would have had to have destroyed a lot of things we read about in the New Testament, right I mean, the Old Testament, because there was tons of sexual per- perversion. Yeah, It goes way beyond that. I, I think this is a t- an attack on God's deity, to be yeah. honest. I-, I think that's what's going on in here.
1: In, in fact, I mean, we've talked about this before, but I think overall arcing... Issues was the attack on God's deity. Period. Mm-hmm. He cannot any any time he destroys a nation, it's because they're they're worshiping false idols.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, it, it all has to do with the very first commandment. There's a reason why right. going back to whenever things are enumerated in Scripture, mm-hmm. that's a that's very he, Hebraic. The first thing is the most important thing. Yeah. Like the second thing is the second most important thing. That's kind of how they enumerated things. And what is the very first commandment? You shall have no other other gods other than me. Like that is God's biggest thing. (laughs) He is a jealous God. He created you. He loves you. He wants you. He pursues you. And if Mm -hmm. you look to anybody else to fill that role, bam, bam. He is, like, completely out. Like, that is the one thing. Talking about going through the books of kings. All these kings are sinning. They're doing all kinds of wacky things. Mm -hmm. But it's every one of them, where he starts getting really mad, it's because they're raising Asera poles, Mm -hmm. and they are worshiping in the high places, Mm -hmm. and they are worshiping golden calves, and all this sort of stuff. Jezebel shows up and brings Baal into the picture. Like, all of that is so offensive to God on an un... the Asura thing, I don't know if, if if you listeners know much about Asura or Starte. The worship of this goddess was uh, so abhorrent to God because in the pagan belief, they would blend gods. They, they thought it was fine to worship Yahweh, right? but let's worship Asura also. And the, the, the myth around Asura was that she was Yahweh's wife. That she was that she was his sexual um, partner, and so in order to appeal to anytime you wanted fertile land, anytime <laughs> you wanted to, you, you wanted anything that dealt with fertility. You needed a, a child, of your own, whatever. What you would do is you would do some sexual act, public sexual act, dedicated to Astarte or Asura. And it would appeal, it would like be, you're copying her, you're worshiping her because she is the sexual uh, relationship. for God. God, God's in a relationship with you. Right. Like not some made up deity. Like he, this is the most offensive if you think about it. Yeah. This is so offensive to God because you are his bride. Yeah. He chose the people of Israel to be his bride. Right. And they're committing adultery with somebody that is completely made up and being ascribed as the sexual relationship for God. He was, he, this was like, ah. (laughs) And and so this is why we get all this, this stuff that's happening, or these references that Mm -hmm. he's using. I think that was the basis of the sexuality in Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm -hmm. I think it's like, um, um, when he when he's talking about uh this unnatural desires and all that I mean it all ties it in does that's right to that sort of thing um they were relying on their dreams they defiled their flesh and he's talking about the actual false prophets right he's saying they rely on their own dreams uh, they defile the flesh they reject authority and they're blaspheming the glorious ones Oof. so that That's a key for me right there. Like, that's exactly what we're talking about. For example, the worship of Astarte is blaspheme against God. It's not only just leaving him for another love. It's it's, blasphemy. It is that, but it's also blaspheming because of what it stands for. Right. And, uh, oh, and then we get this great thing here. (laughs) Verse 9. Even the Archangel Michael. (laughs) Well, even he. Yeah. When he was contending with the devil over the body of Moses. (laughs) What? (laughs) Hmm. Okay. This is... (laughs) This is completely, like, foreign to us. We, like, you can't find a reference to that in the old Testament. Like there's only one reference to the body of, of Moses. Um, and it is in, let's see, where is it? Um, I had it here a second ago, but it's in reference to the burial of, of Moses. And, uh, oh, here it is on Mount Nebo. It's in Deuteronomy 34 and verse six. It says, and he buried him in the valley, in the land of Moab, opposite Beth Peor, but no one knows the place of his burial to this day. And so um, that's intriguing. Mm -hmm. Like there is a reason for this, uh, and it's not really all that clearly given. Uh, However, there is a strange piece of apocryphal work that that scraps of it were found in the Dead Sea Scrolls. It's called The Assumption of Moses. (laughs) And it contains this one little piece about Michael, the archangel, and the devil having a dispute with God about what they should do with Moses' body whenever he died. Right. And the concept was um, Satan was suggesting that, well, because Moses was a great guy, you should bury him on Mount Nebo and et cetera, et cetera, and and. Uh, Daniel or uh, Michael's argument was, well, if you do that, people will worship him. They'll, Mm -hmm. they'll treat his shrine as a place of worship and they need to move into the, into the, uh, promised land and not go down this idolatrous path. And of course what happens, his body's buried in the valley and no one knows where it is to this day. Right. So, um, so there is a little biblical. So it's either some apocrypha that was written to kind of explain that weird text in uh, Jude in Deuteronomy, or oh,
1: Deuteronomy, yeah. yeah,
0: or it's um, <clears throat> or it's historical in some way. But right. anyway, that's what Jude is referring to, huh. and and he's and apparently in the story, Michael doesn't actually, uh, he doesn't like slam. The devil slam Satan in his uh, in his his uh, dispute with him. Instead, he just says, uh, "Let the Lord rebu- rebuke rebuke mm-hmm. you." So he puts it onto right. God. So he's saying that these people, these 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 false teachers, are actually blaspheming the glorious ones. And his point is that not even the archangel Michael would do this to Satan himself. Like but yet these false prophets are making a habit of doing this and slandering right um uh, the glorious ones I don't know if that's re- in reference to god angels uh us uh the apostles like i I don't know but, right, but whatever it is he's uh he's definitely taking uh issue um all right let's. Let's speed up a little bit. Let's go through like 10 through 16. Okay.
1: But these people blaspheme anything they do not understand. And what they do understand, they in, uh, by instinct, like irrational animals, by these things they are destroyed. Woe to them, for they have gone the way of Cain, have plunged into Balaam's air for profit. They have perished in Korah's rebellion. These people are dangerous reefs at your love feasts. They eat with you without reverence. They are shepherds who only look after themselves. They are waterless clouds carried along by the winds, trees in late autumn, fruitless, twice dead and uprooted. They are wild waves of the sea foaming up their shameful uh, deeds, wandering stars for whom the blackness of darkness is reserved forever. It was about these that Enoch in the seventh generation of Adam Adam prophesied, look, the Lord comes with tens of thousands of his holy ones to execute judgment on all um, and to convict all the ungodly concerning all the ungodly acts they have done in in an ungodly way and concerning all the harsh things ungodly sinners have said against them. These people are discontented gamblers, or grumblers, sorry, living according to their desires. Their mouths utter arrogant words, flattering people for their own advantage.
0: Okay, so he has nothing good to say about these guys. No. (laughs) But, man, it's amazing how much you can cram into a small... He
1: brings up Balaam. uh, Cain, Cora. brings up Cora, (laughs) Cain. These are all stories in the Old Testament. You can look up and see these are villains in the old testament right mm-hmm. Balaam is one of the worst that tricked the Israelites into like fooling around with Moabites and uh slaughtered a hundred and yeah. some odd and then a hundred some odd thousand and then you have Cain who who inside uh, who killed his brother right yeah. <laughs> Abel in the first murder you have Korah who incited a rebellion against Moses in the desert, mm-hmm. and the earth opened up and swallowed him and all of his followers?
0: Okay, so let's let's talk about those three guys for a minute because sure. this to me is kind of epitomizes what he's doing. So okay. he's he is trying to tell the people uh, in the letter these false prophets are like this, yeah. and then he's given all these examples, and he 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 does a poetic thing in right. that he. He groups them in groups of three. So Mm -hmm. here in verse 11, he says, Woe unto them, for they walk in the ways of Cain and abandon themselves for the sake of gain to Balaam's error, which he doesn't go into. And he says, and perished in Korah's rebellion.
1: Well, no, he says for Balaam's error for profit. That's the error that Balaam went into, by the way.
0: Okay, but go ahead. So, uh, well, the main points I wanted to make about Balaam and and Cain, and what and what these guys are, are doing, because he he points out these things in the uh, in the passage that uh, Cain was self centered, and in in um, in the Jewish tradition, the rabbis would use Cain a lot when they were talking about self righteousness, self centeredness, you know that mm-hmm. sort of thing, uh, and then Balaam was a great example of um, what he was talking about here with what happened to Solomon and Gomorrah and what happened with the fallen angels. Because how did Balaam, um, how did he take down the camps of the Israelites?
1: He he conspired with Balak and gave him um, ideas of how he could incite God to go against the Israelites.
0: And so he did that by bringing... Prostitution, yeah, into the camp. That's
1: true, yeah. So that's and worship of their false gods. Yes, yeah.
0: So he's injecting into right. Israel prostitution and idolatry, right? Okay, so that's what kind of what he's already been talking about. Mm-hmm. So you've got uh, selfishness of Cain. These guys are seen as self-promoting for their own gain. Mm-hmm. They are bringing in uh, sexuality into the worship and idolatry along with it. And uh, Rebellion. Cora mm-hmm. is a symbol of rebellion. Yeah. So th- those three items are what he's been harping, harping on, on yeah. about this. And so he's using all these as pictures. Oh, and then he gets into this thing about hidden reefs. And, well, it's poetic, and, man. Oh, man, really good.
1: Dangerous reefs at your love feast. I love uh, shepherds who only look after themselves. What what good is a shepherd that only looks after himself? Yeah, it's not a true shepherd. He's not a real shepherd, Yeah. yeah. Waterless clouds, light. Yep. You know, waterless clouds are clouds that. Yep, they look
0: like they are going to provide rain and bring you. That's right. Uh, uh, protection, but what? They, what do they do? Nothing.
1: <laughs> Trees in late autumn, fruitless, twice dead and uprooted.
0: Yes, nothing good to say. I Wild mean, waves of the sea, casting up from foam of their shame. Wandering stars, which would be planets. Yeah. Uh, for whom the gloom of utter darkness has been reserved forever.
1: So. All in all, this poetic imagery he's giving you the idea of fruitlessness. Mm-hmm. All of this is, is doesn't lead to God. Doesn't lead to God. It's pointless. It's frivolous, and it's it's an enemy because it, it, it because it's fruitless.
0: Yeah, and of course, then he goes into verse fourteen, <laughs> which fourteen through um, sixteen, I believe. Yeah, uh, is a direct quote from the Book of Enoch. Like direct, like it is. He says right here, he says, it is, also, it is also about these that Enoch, the seventh from Adam, in case you're confused, he's, <laughs> he's pointing out what Enoch he's talking about, saying, quote, and this is where he quotes the book of Enoch verbatim about the ungodly and, and what the ungodly do, and, um, and that they will sit uh, under judgment mm-hmm. of God, and, uh, which is kind of cool because that makes Enoch... The first real prophet of the Bible, even though when we read the Genesis account, there's not a lot said other than he's uh, uh, ascended, that he is that he's taken from the earth without dying. Um, but anyway, so you have, you know, uh, can. As a homework assignment or whatever, read the, uh, the Book of <laughs> Enoch and see all the fun stuff that's in there. I mean,
1: it's really fun. You should check it out.
0: And don't get us wrong. I'm not saying that it's scripture. No. But, but I, I believe it is. But it, I
1: mean, it's it, quoted by scripture, so <laughs> it kind of gives it
0: some credibility. Some credibility. So um, so he, he he gives them all these uh, characteristics, the grumblers, uh, et cetera, et cetera, right. following their own lusts. Uh, speaking arrogantly, they're loud mouse, They use flattery to get yeah. their way. I mean, these are just bad guys, right? If you, if you're concerned about whether or not you're falling into the into something he's talking about, you're not. <laughs> if you're concerned, like, yeah, because these guys knew what they were doing, right? Um, and so uh, then let's look at uh, verse 17 through 23. So now he's going to give us a calling. The people that he's writing to to preserve yourself against all this.
1: But you, dear friends, remember who was predicted by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. They told you in the end time there will be scoffers living with uh living according to their ungodly own ungodly desires. These people create divisions and are worldly not having the spirit. This is interesting. Create divisions. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you want me to read the rest?
0: Yeah, let's go through uh, 23. 23,
1: okay. But you, dear friends, as you build yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting expectantly for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ for eternal life. Have mercy on those who waver. Save others by snatching them from the fire. Have mercy on others... But with fear, hating even the garment defiled by the flesh.
0: Okay, so I think this is is really cool because he kind of he kind of says this isn't a call to better behavior necessarily. It's a call to having your heart in the right place. Um, he he says I think that verse seventeen is strange where he says remember the predictions of the apostles. Um, and they said, and the last time there'll be scoffers. He's basically saying, um, um, remember you've been told this is going to happen, that divisions are going to happen, that worldly people are going to come into your midst.
1: Yeah, well, and he believed, number one, he believed that they were in the end times. They believed, He believed that Jesus was going <laughs> to come back any day. right? And so he's reminding them to remember what, what the prophets were saying. And I, I believe that there were prophets in the New Testament who were saying, there's going to come divisions, and there's going to come, you know, brothers going to turn against brother, right? Yeah, yeah. And you, and there's going to be, there they're going to come, wolves
0: mm-hmm. in
1: sheep's clothing, and false teachers, right? And so, and you we ne- got
0: a good definition of what these false teachers look like, right?
1: Exactly. <laughs> you need to be careful of them. That they're, it's not, and a false teacher mm-hmm. is not somebody who comes and. Um, is confused by what they're teaching and are teaching, like Apollos for example, who is yeah. teaching a wrong doctrine, then was rebuked and corrected himself. Right. He he's not a false teacher. A false teacher is somebody who knows what they're doing, mm-hmm. who comes in and their goal is corruption, money, power. Yep. You know, disunity, in, disunity, and and that's what he's what he's talking about here. And so his his argument is, you guys, and verse twenty says it all. Build yourselves up in the most holy faith. Continue mm-hmm. reminding yourself of the truth of the gospel. Yes, right.
0: So, yeah, think about that for a minute. Building yourselves up—that uh, just the thought of that—it's like constantly shore up your faith, like yeah. and each others, right? Like encourage,
1: each other. Yeah,
0: um, and and so and praying in the Holy Spirit, like prayer is like the uh, biggest. Yeah. Weapon you, you have. So right. um, he says, keep yourselves in the love of God. Now mm. I think that that, that could be uh, from one view, you can look at it and say, well, how do I make sure God loves me? That's not what it's saying. No.
1: God already loves Remind you. Remind yourself of the love of God.
0: Yes. Stay in the <laughs> mindset of it. Like, right. um, like keep hold to being inside of the love of God. Right. Like, like stick to that. And then it kind of explains what that does when you do that. You then begin to wait for mercy and um, expect it. Right. And, And knowing that it leads to eternal life.
1: And then, you know, in verse 22 and 23, he's like, in these times, people are going to waver in their faith because they're being tested like hardcore. Yeah. So have mercy on the ones who are wavering. And then save them by, sn- like you're snatching them out of the fire. Bring them back. Remind them. Help them Jesus remember. Is. Yeah. Help them remember the faith.
0: Jesus ain't about all that.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And you know, have mercy on others, but with fear.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And this is like ugh, hating even the garment defiled by flesh. You are supposed to hate sin. Mm-hmm. It's important to hate sin. If you can't love somebody and not hate their sin. I I use the example of my my cousin last week or my nephew last week, Tucker who was diagnosed with cancer. Right. Right. And so Tucker is he's healthy and happy, and all of a sudden cancer comes along. And what if I said, Tucker, I love you, and I love your cancer too. It's mm. that's so jacked up. What what's the truth, I, I, Tucker? I love you, and because of that, I want to kill the cancer right out of you. I want to take it out right, of you.
0: Right. And
1: so my my hope, my desire is to, you know have a relationship with you. In you just the... got to
0: make sure and not have that, uh, judgmental right. thing no, about it. I no, mean, no, it has no, to be... The goal
1: is loving the person right. so right. much that you right. want to help them. Um, and you want them to help you. So, anyways. so, and
0: then for as much as I love all the weird stuff, <laughs> uh, this, to me, the last two verses of this, um, of this book are to me, some of the most beautiful written, in the New Testament actually. I mean, I just really I love sure. I love how it's worded and so read verse twenty four and, and twenty five to us.
1: Now to him who is able to protect you from stumbling and to make you stand in the presence of his glory without blemish and with great joy, to the only God our Savior through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, power, and authority before all time, now and forever. Amen.
0: I just love how all those words are ascribed to Jesus at the end. And I love the fact that he says, remember, and to keep, uh, that he can keep you from falling and that you will be able to, he will to present you blameless Mm -hmm. like, uh, before his presence. So so it's not your work that's making you blameless.
1: No, it's him. It's not
0: your effort. It's not how, how well you behave. That's right. But he will present you blameless. Mm -hmm. Um, Because of who he is. Right. And of course, then he tells us who he is because he receives all glory, all majesty, all dominion and authority before all time, now and forever. forever. Amen. And it's just, uh, it's powerful. I love that. So. um,
1: Interesting book of that Bible right there.
0: Yeah. So we're a little over an hour into this. Do you want to do.
1: I'm good. If you just want to do some trivia. oh, Let's do a little bit of trivia. Okay. Mm The old trivia. <laughs> All right. I'm going to have to take some of these cards home with me, by the way.
0: <laughs> oh, I've got tons of them. So, yeah, feel free. So,
1: so, I don't have to pull them up on the internet anymore whenever we're do, recording it. Yeah, okay, so do you want Old Testament, history, geography, uh, prophecies?
0: Slap some Old Testament on me since I've right. been doing it, a little bit of that.
1: What? Did the first recorded woman thief in the Bible, other than Eve, steal?
0: Hmm. That's tricky.
1: It's not. Think about it, really. <laughs> go through your pa- go through your patriarchs and their stories real fast.
0: Hmm. Let's see. Man. The first woman thief. well because she stole something, yeah. I'm gonna say Rachel stealing the idols of her father. Ding 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 ding. Really? Wow. Genesis thirty one, man. Good job, dude. Dude, I would have thought that was the first one,
1: but Yeah, that's it.
0: Oh wow. <laughs> All right. Which one which category you want?
1: um do me some old testament too.
0: Okay. Uh what people's language and literature was Daniel ordered to learn while in the household of King Nebuchadnezzar?
1: Babylonian. Um, is that wrong? What's
0: that? Oh, look, it's, it's Jesus. That's not <laughs> he said, stop <laughs> it. Stop <laughs> it. That is not the button I meant to push. Actually, I don't know what, what button I meant to push. That's technically not right.
1: Really? But
0: uh yeah. So I'm going to go. Is there
1: a certain language of the bu- Yeah. Medes and Persian, Medio Persian.
0: The language. it would be the Chaldees. Cal- oh, the
1: Chaldeans. Yeah,
0: so that that was uh, that's kind of a trick question. Yeah, but that is, is a trick but question. But it is Daniel 1, verse 4. Man. For those who want to. You know that. Man. All right, lay a history and geography onto me.
1: What discovery caused excitement in the archaeological world in 1947? It's pretty easy.
0: 1947.
1: It's probably the biblical, or the biggest... Biblical discovery ever.
0: I'm going to say the Dead Sea Scrolls. That's right.
1: Did you hear? I that was earlier than. Have thought. you heard the news about that? By the way, huh. you know the Bible, uh, the Bible Museum in uh, DC. Have you heard about the Bible Museum? Mm-hmm. It it's said to have housed. So they archaeologists went and found out that all of the the Dead Sea Scrolls that they have yeah. are, are all fakes. They're what? all forgeries. <laughs> I get you not. Oh, oh
0: man, that's good. <laughs> okay. So what do you want?
1: Oh, let's see here. Let's do let's do New Testament.
0: New Testament, okay. Who was shipwrecked? Paul. <laughs> 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 Man, that in was... the Adriatic Sea. <laughs> okay. On the island
1: of Malta. It was also snake-bitten.
0: <laughs> All right. No, that's, that wasn't fair. That was so easy. Okay. Come on. That was
1: totally fair. I count that as a point. Go ahead. Right, I'm why, already down one you got to get
0: like three in a row for that one. <laughs> so why did Joseph and Mary travel from Nazareth to Bethlehem?
1: Because of the census. <laughs> yes.
0: For taxation purposes, because of the census. Yeah. Um. In what unusual place did Jesus once find money to pay for his temple tax? A fish's mouth. <laughs> Dude, those are pretty simple, man. Oh, wow. Well, the New Testament has uh, less to, to yeah, check this up. Yeah, I guess so. All right, so you ready to get out of here? Yeah, let's do it, man. Right, let's do this. Where's my button? The Theonauts are part of the Great Commission Transmission Network, using new media and social networking to go into all the world and proclaim the good news to everyone. To find out more, go to gctnetwork.com.
1: Follow us on... Wait, hold on, sorry. I didn't have my notes pulled up. I'm so sorry. Okay. Visit our website at theonautspodcast.com for show notes and outlines. Listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, your favorite podcast catcher, and be sure to rate us because that helps us reach a larger audience.
0: There are several ways you can contact us and leave us feedback. Send us email to theonots at gctnetwork.com or... Call us on our voicemail line 972-885-7270
1: Follow us on Insta at Theonauts or like us on Facebook at Theonauts uh, um, Sorry at Theonauts. Facebook.com <laughs> slash Theonauts uh, And
0: if you like us and want even more Theonauts <laughs> drop us a buck or two at Patreon.com slash Theonauts Your patronage helps us in our expenses like hosting fees and equipment costs
1: And don't touch anything without sanitizing your hands from this coronavirus. And
0: maintain a distance of six feet or more away from your friends. Spray
1: Lysol at anybody you meet and uh, don't forget to tune in again (laughs) and explore the vast reaches of God's word with us.
0: God bless you, Jeremiah. (laughs) You too, man. This has been the Theonauts Podcast. Call us with your questions or comments at 972-885-7270. That's 972-885-7270. We'd love to hear from you.
1: You are tuned in to the GCT Network. This is your Great Commission. This is your Great Commission transmission. At gctnetwork.com. You
0: guys, sometimes you're bad. Don't be jerks.